Hi guys, my name is Bella Campbell. I'm also a junior here at NKU and I'm majoring in human resource management and I am minoring in business. So today we're going to be talking about a very popular topic um, that occurred during this year, who is a person who was especially well known um, within this year um, due to a series of TV shows and documentaries, and that is the infamous serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer uh, was born in May 21st in 1960 to his mother Joyce Annette Dahmer and his father Lionel Herbert Dahmer. We're not necessarily going to be talking about a biography of him, nor the things he exactly did. Um, we're not really going to talk about like the crimes he committed and, you know, his lifelong journey, um, just because a lot of that information is out to the public. Um, and it is especially known um, with the new Netflix show um, that has come out this year. I'm sure a lot of people have watched that, but... Um, I feel like a lot of people already know who he is. Um, and Natty and I are actually going to cover some background information about Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about his childhood, his parents. Um, and we're also going to be talking about the effects that he has caused um, through his crimes, such as the communities that were affected um, with his murders, and as well as a few other topics, such as his baptism and the overall generalization of serial killers and how that is portrayed in social media today. Um, but yeah, Natty's going to go ahead and get us started with a brief description and little summary of Jeffrey's life. Yeah, so like I said, he was born in 1960 to his mother Joyce and his father Lilo. Uh, Joyce was a hypochondriac, and she also suffered from depression. Um, I have a theory, I haven't seen too many papers out there, that she had postpartum depression when she had Jeffrey, uh, which would explain like a lot of like feelings that she showed towards Jeffrey as a child. He was known to not have been nurtured so much from his parents. Um, his father was very absent. Um, he was getting a degree, which he eventually did in 1966 in chemistry. And after that, they moved to Ohio. Um, I messed that up. Let me restart. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Okay. It's hard. This yeah, is freaking is. harder than I okay, thought. So I need to be like <coughs> in yeah. Milwaukee. Milwaukee. You're good. You're good. Okay. Okay, so Jeffrey was born to uh, his parents, Joyce and Lilo, in 1960 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, his mother was the unknown hypochondriac, and she suffered from depression. I suspect that she has postpartum depression. There's not that many papers about that out there, but I think that's why she like was the way she was towards Jeffrey. She also had an attempted suicide, um, which obviously had to affect Jeffrey. Um, since he was super young when that happened. His father was very absent even um, before his parents split. Uh, this was because he was getting higher education. He was getting a degree in 1966. And when Jeffrey was six years old, they moved to Ohio so his father could get a job. Nice. That's a, that's a good summary. I want to bring up the depression part about his mom. So this was during the 1960s. And I feel like some aspects of medicine or even like mental treatment wasn't as prevalent, obviously, as it is today. Um, was postpartum depression like even a thing back then? Like, was it a thing that people recognized? I don't think so. There was we know that she was suffering from mental issues while she was pregnant with Jeffrey. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think postpartum depression was like a recognized like thing in the 60s. I think that came up more afterwards. Um, that is really interesting because I feel like um, when we're talking about his parents um, carrying something as serious as depression um it's genetics sometimes like it can be it can run through your genes so I'm thinking maybe Jeffrey acquired some of those genes too um and I know it's not super obvious that he was depressed throughout his life but you know he was a very isolated person as it is and I'm wondering if 
you know, some of these genes, like, I guess, passed on to him, which kind of caused um, some of, you know, his initial problems to begin with. Um, And going on with the whole parenting aspect of this, um, like Natty said, both of his parents were very um, troublesome individuals. His father was absent um, during his childhood oftentimes. And, you know, his mother was, you know, she was going through it. So as a child, um, it's kind of crucial to have good parenting. And depending on how your parent nurtures you can result in the type of person you're going to be for the rest of your life. I feel like, you know, with the potential of him having depression already like in his nature, the nurture part of his whole being kind of was messed up. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like absolutely. I feel like if he wasn't nurtured, like since he was nurtured in the not greatest way, he probably started developing these really bad habits and behaviors and just overall persona of who he is and if he's like that as a child then obviously it's going to carry on to you for the rest of your life so I feel like nature and nurture plays a crucial role into who Jeffrey Dahmer became so absolutely um when Jeffrey like started going into his teenage years you can really see how his environment affected him um as young as 14 years old as a freshman in high school he was quote-unquote, self-medicating with alcohol. Like, his alcoholism started at a very young age, and his brain wasn't developed at the time, and you can only imagine how much alcohol he had to have been drinking at that Mm -hmm. time and how that affected his growth as a person. Um, During that time in high school, he also, you know, discovered himself for being gay. Um, He got hyperfixated on torsos and chests areas, as well as his like fetish for being a dominant person Mm. dominating person um he he was 16 um during his junior year and he tried his first attack which failed um but also really important at that time his parents were going through their divorce um in 1978 um no, you're good. you're good. Okay, that's good. No, that's good. Um, yeah, I think his childhood going into his teenage years were just very hard for him. Um, and by the way, to all the listeners, we're not trying to sympathize with Jeffrey in any sort of way. We're just trying to get to the root of these, you know, crimes that he's committed and just in general the person he became. Um, And like I said, a lot of this lingers back to parenting and nurturing and just overall his development as a person. Um, And that's really interesting that you bring up because um, when he was, I I think he was 13 when he discovered that he was gay. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's interesting to know that going with this oh my gosh okay <laughs> okay hold on okay i've had no idea where i was going with that it's like he's gay at 13 okay um <clears throat> okay do you want to add anything okay yeah we can add that okay so his parents got divorced in 1978 but what's interesting was that his father moved officially out of the house in 1977 um this was because i think he found out that his wife was having an affair during a break that they had, during one of their many arguments. Um, And then after that, his mom took his little brother, David, to Chippewa Falls, I think is how it's pronounced, Mm -hmm. in 1978, right after Jeffrey turned 18. He was still in high school, and they essentially left him by himself in that house. Um, I don't know how much different that was from his, like, environment at the time already. His dad had been gone for a year already, and his mom was distant, and obviously she was more focused on David, so. You know, in in a certain way, I think it's really sad because, I mean, growing up with just constant trauma from parents and just not really knowing 
or how to like express yourself as a child. I think that's kind of horrible. Um, and also I did want to mention that the, this lack of attachment that he like got from his parents, that can really mess up a kid. Like if a child isn't able to express himself in any sort of way, and if he doesn't have an attachment to either the father or the mother, like then what is he supposed to attach himself to? And I think that's kind of, it kind of draws back to him wanting to be more of a powerful figure, being someone Mm -hmm. who's dominant because he's never had that sense of control before. He's never had that sort of attachment that has made him feel the normal feelings a child should experience from the start. And with his parents just constantly fighting and his father being absent, you know, I feel like he was lost as a child. Like I... I don't know how I would feel if I was in that situation. Like, what am I supposed to feel? What am I supposed to think? And, you know, as a child, like, we've all had these forms of expression. Like, I did swim. I did dance. I did all these things. And I couldn't imagine a child just being so um, limited with what he could do, you know? Yeah. I also think, you know one of his hobbies that's like a kid was dissecting the animals with his dad, you know, that obviously like grew into something bigger. Um, but even if like his parents just like took a little bit more attention to him mm-hmm. and like took him to therapy or something, like saw that he was struggling and that the environment he was in was bad. Like even his uh, high school counselors knew like all the bad stuff that was going on in his house when his parents were going through the divorce he was heavy drinking. I feel like that should have been one clear sign that, hey, maybe he does need help, mm-hmm. even if, like, the parents' uh, environment didn't give that away. <coughs> um, abusing those substances definitely should have been a red flag for his parents. For sure. Uh, I also think that um, how his parents are portrayed in the media is also something really big that we see with Jeffrey. A lot of the, like movies, documentaries, films, books, they all talk about his mom. It's all his mom's fault how Jeffrey turned out to be the evil person that he turned out to be. It was both of their contributions. It takes two. Um, Not saying his mom was, you know... um, (laughs) Any better than the dad. Any better, yeah. No. Uh, She definitely had her struggles. Uh, And I also think it's interesting that most of the, like... Um, comments about his mom come from the dad and it's very obvious that they have a very toxic relationship and it's a one hand like account um honestly I haven't seen that many like first person like comments or anything like that from his mom the only one I saw was like after Jeffrey died um yeah, like his dad was more involved, obviously, but not in the best way. Right. I sometimes I wonder like what like her input her or her output. I don't know. Like what her um, outlook would look on this entire situation, like on Jeffrey and his life and everything he's done. You know, because like you said, every um, shit. I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, every okay cut that out um (laughs) um all these depictions and like stories we get of jeffrey and his early life and his trauma a lot of it comes from his dad you mentioned that and i just think that's kind of crazy like when where are we gonna get his mom's point of view like her his mom's point of view for the family for the husband like i want to know what her intake with that was yeah and unfortunately that won't happen since she passed away from breast cancer, um, which I thought was an important input to add because sometimes, you know, cancer, it's horrible disease, but it affects the whole body. Um, I'm wondering if she could have had, like, hormonal, like, issues that could have led up to her cancer. Um, I know this from my personal experience, uh, that cancer can influence hormones and can cause a person to go a little bit what you would call crazy. Um, 
and could possibly lead up to medication, which she was taking for her depression. Um, yeah. No, you're good. Okay. So, his parents left. Um, Jeffrey is by himself, has no guidance. He's a drunk. He starts killing his mm -hmm. first victim, right? Mm -hmm. And from here, it unleashed a whole bunch of evils. Right, right. Um, um, and, you know, before his uh, initial killing, he, you know came out as gay. I mean, he never really like publicly came out to his parents, yeah, obviously. Absolutely. I mean, this is the 60s and the 70s where, you know, queer people weren't, I mean, they, they were around, but it was more of a private thing. It wasn't as, you know, common as it is today. But, you know, he was discovering this part of himself, um, which, you know, every person does. And I think... He was pretty content with his sexuality. I mean, he didn't really try to hide it. Um, but yeah, t tell us more about his first killing. Yeah, so his first victim was Stephen Hicks. He was a hitchhiker. Um, Jeffrey took him to the house. You know, it's Jeff's house at this point. His parents are gone. Um, <clears throat> they're drinking, whatever. Stephen wants to leave. Jeffrey doesn't want him to leave. And you can see this through Jeff's kills. One of the like main thing that triggers him is people leaving him, which we can trace it back to his parents yeah. again. He doesn't want to be alone. And so he ends up killing Stephen. Um, this was his first killing, so it was like really disorganized. I think he panicked a little bit. He buried the body, then unburied it. and Didn't he keep the bones? I don't know he, if he did, but... Um, he dissolved the skin in acid and then dumped Ugh. it in the toilet, I think it was. And then he, like, crushed the bones. Mm. I don't remember what he did with the bones. I think he scattered them in mm. his backyard. I could be completely wrong. I could be thinking of something else. But, yeah, that was his first victim. And from there, um, his dad came back one day and was like, hey, Jeff. How's it going? Oh, you're by yourself? <laughs> I'd be so mad if I were him. I'd be like, where were you? And you know? on top of that, he brings over his girlfriend. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. No wonder he's like, yeah. he like just wants to be with someone. He right. doesn't know how to express that. Exactly. And it's and it's really sad to see that he has to like resolve to killing to like feel validated in a way because I mean obviously like if you're someone who's like traumatized from people leaving you you don't want to be alone so obviously he did that to like kind of comfort his need of wanting to be with somebody and I mean obviously there's no justifying killing someone but it it's it's sad I mean and I understand I'm not really trying to be sad. like I and I get it I understand like no, no. I'm not trying to be like that but you know, it's it's pretty sad to see. Okay, what do we want to talk about now? Uh, we can talk about um, how his dad did try to, like, you know, push him towards the right direction with, like, military school. But, like, yeah. He, like, basically gave him more trauma, mm -hmm. more ways to, like, suppress mm -hmm. it. We can also talk about, like, how, like, his dad was just constantly kind of, like, on his ass or he never really had anything good to say to Jeffrey. So mm -hmm. Jeffrey was constantly feeling like he wasn't accomplishing anything yeah i think that's good okay <clears throat> so when his dad finally came back um found jeff in the house all by himself he basically forced him to uh join uh, a college attend college um he went to ohio state university his dad paid for the tuition as we see jeff likes to self-medicate with alcohol he's an alcohol he's he's a an alcoholic. Alcoholic. <laughs> alcoholic, yes. He's an alcoholic. He's an alcohol. <laughs> He's an alcohol, yes. He's an alcoholic. Because of this, Jeff fails out of college. Um, and his dad, once again, keeps trying to push him into his perspective of a correct lifestyle. Lifestyle, yeah. Um, and so Jeff ends up uh, joining the army in 1979 deployed to Germany. He was a combat medic, so he... That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's a really long training, um, wow. if I remember. Um, but there is where he, like, learned about the drugs that he used with his victims. And mm -hmm. So, once again, he gets put into the, this lifestyle. And 
he's he's like more aware of like what he could do you know yes um again because jeff is an alcoholic he got honorably discharged because military thought that his uh addiction would not interfere with his civilian life Mm. it did (laughs) um it wasn't until uh, 1981 when he was discharged, and for a few months he tried to live on his own, but he couldn't ramp back to his parents, uh, his dad specifically, uh, where he then again kept forcing him into different lifestyles, um, didn't get him help when he obviously needed help at this point. He's a full-grown adult with an addiction that he's been having since he was 14. hmm um, and I do want to point out that, like, in the Netflix series show, um, I think it's, like, literally called Dahmer, um, something, something, but... I think it's Monster. Monster? What, what the I heck? Monster? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why they did that. Okay, but, um, many of you guys probably have watched it, which kind of, like, inspired us to even talk about it, just because he's been the hot topic this year, but, um, in the series, you can kind of see that whole process of process of his dad trying to intervene in his life and push him into these you know right directions and you know it's kind of sad to see him fail at all of them Mm -hmm. and it's like constantly like feeling like you're not good enough and I felt like in Jeffrey's place he just couldn't accomplish these things um and he couldn't and I felt like his dad really like got on his butt for it and which is understandable but it's just, wow. Like, I don't know what I would do if I had failed so many opportunities, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. it's crazy. And, you know, Jeff, like, he's probably thinking if his dad's going to, like, leave him again, like, if he's going to be alone again. Like, he depends on his dad at this point. Mm-hmm. But he's just constantly, constantly disappointing him. Right. Um, eventually, his dad gets tired of him. And so, instead, he makes Jeff leave. Um his grandma now his grandma I think is an interesting person in uh, Jeff's development because she lives in Wisconsin still you know she was far away from Jeff when he was a kid but his grandma's like the only person he shows like um, affection towards and I think his grandma you know he's a grandma she's mm-hmm. a grandma she, so she, she took care of him yeah she you took know? care of Jeff uh, she told him what to do he went to church with her at the beginning. Like, it seemed like Jeff was really trying mm-hmm. to, like, help his grandma. He right. did eventually fall off the rails again, but his grandma was always there. Um, and I think deep down, Jeff, like, respected his grandma and was, like, ashamed of what his grandma would think of him more than what his father would think of him. Um, let's see. Do you want to talk more about like? Um, no, I'm like I, I got all the parenting stuff done. Okay. So. Um, you want to talk <coughs> about like like the victims, like how he started like incorporating himself into those communities? Yeah, yeah. So with Jeffrey, Jeffrey, <laughs> with Jeffrey. Okay, sorry. Cut. Um, with um Jeffrey Dahmer's development and background of his kind of fucked up persona. Oh shit. <laughs> I can't say that. Okay. Edit that out. <laughs> Edit that out. Okay. Ooh. So now that we know a little bit about Jeffrey's background and kind of the way he became the way. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Okay. Hold on. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Okay. Okay. You got this. Okay. Sometimes I'm like, what am I going to say? <laughs> okay. Okay. So now that we know a little bit about Jeffrey's upbringing and kind of what happened on with his early life, including his first killing, um, We're going to talk a little bit about the communities that were affected with his killings. Um, And I'm not sure if we mentioned this yet, but he killed over 17 men or he did kill 17 men over the course of 10 years. Um, And Stephen Hicks happened to be the only white male that he killed. Um, The rest were um, African-American men and Asian men. And I think he... I'm not sure. I I read this somewhere, but I heard that he was kind of eyeing down some Hispanic men and even Indian men. He did have a Native American. A Native American victim? Okay, so there you go. These are all men of color, and let's talk about that. Like, let's, let's kind of go into 
that topic, I guess. Yeah, so majority of his killings uh, with um, my minority group men are um, take place during the 1980s. Okay. Um, a little bit more progressive than the 60s, still super marginalized groups. Mm-hmm. Um, he targeted these men specifically, one, because fetishization of black men was a huge influence. He was obsessed with their athletic figure. Um, and then he also knew that no one would miss them because all the cops were like white men. Right. <laughs> and that... they had internalized racism. They weren't going to put all of their resources towards these missing men when they could be solving crimes with white people. In. Right, right. Um, yeah, and pointing out how he was fetishized, fet- <laughs> fetishizing? Yeah, he was fetishizing. Fe- fetishizing. Cut that out. Okay. And bringing back to what you said about him fetishizing the um, figures of black males, um, I read this thing that where he stated um, that he likes his men with a Chip and Dale, quote, quote, Chip and Dale Ew. figure. Those are the chipmunks from, like, Looney Tunes. I looked them what? up, and they have, like, big torsos. I'm like, ew. Like, that's so weird. Ew, yeah. I know. So I was like, okay, that's interesting. He also said um, during this time he had trained himself to see people as sexual objects instead of real people. Hmm. So he did not see these men as humans. Humans, yeah. Right. He saw them as something to get him off. Wow. Um, which I think is absolutely disgusting. Um. Um, one thing that was mentioned from a psychologist that did a video about Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, so he had like a little bit of a killing hiatus after he killed his first victim. And this was at the time he was living uh, with his grandma. And he hadn't killed anyone for a while. Um, I think he was maybe maybe potentially trying to fix himself but what um came out was uh jeffrey admitted that he would dig up dead bodies and i would assume they were also um men of color i would i would presume or assume um and he would dig up these dead bodies and he would have sex with them like at night um kind of like a body snatching sort of deal um but he said that he would go to the visitations and he would go to the funerals and late at night he would dig up the bodies and have sex with them instead of, you know, actually killing them. And, I mean, both are absolutely horrible, but, I mean, I guess that was kind of feeding his necrophilia at the time instead of going on these killing sprees. And I don't know, I just... I mean, this isn't really a thing that many people bring up but I just think that's kind of disgusting yes (laughs) like wow uh he also he talked about one of his um attempts um his necrophiliac attempts he had read in the paper of this 18 year old that recently had died and he attended the service um and then tried to steal his body afterwards but he had to give up because um he couldn't dig (laughs) enough um, oh so no. thank god jeffrey didn't have that much upper body strength so <laughs> yeah he couldn't violate this body oh my gosh but that's kind of embarrassing i mean it's good for <laughs> i'm glad he didn't yeah, dig him I'm up glad. but geez he really thought he really thought he was about to <laughs> dig up a body like no <laughs> so yeah going back to the the communities and the minorities that were affected by his killings like you said the law enforcement it did not give a crap about the missing and the, I guess, the absence of these black men who he was killing at the time. Um, and I feel like, I mean, that just affected the minority community so much because, you know, their loved one is missing and no one's helping them. I mean, I just, yeah. I, I would feel so helpless in that position. And I mean... It's just crazy because, I mean, that happened, but they're still suffering to, to this day, yeah, probably. Yeah, to this day, yeah. We'll talk about, like, how their families are still struggling in a little bit. But, yeah, absolutely. Even his neighbor, um, you know, because he lived in uh, an apartment building, super cheap. Um, that's where he committed most of his killings. Uh, this apartment building was 
majority blacks. Mm-hmm. Um, his neighbor had called the cops multiple times because she would hear things like chainsaws. She would smell like, like oh. rotten, like a rotten smell, um, which was the you know the dead bodies disgusting right next to her wall and Mm. the police department never took her seriously because she was a black woman um they labeled her as crazy hysterical um they just had to go and check yeah all they had to do literally just knock on the door and check on inside which is how they caught him right (laughs) i mean that's just that's so like sad on her end because I mean, she doesn't know what's going on. She's putting herself at risk, and I don't know. Like, I shame on them because, I mean, I, I don't know what I would do if I were her, honestly. I would just be like, I mean, I couldn't move out because, you know, places are limited, and if I don't have the money, I can't. And I don't know. I just feel like in her situation, it was very, I mean, eye-opening because, Essentially, she was the first person to realize that he was doing all these things. And I think she had her suspicions as well. So, Yeah, and um, (coughs) one of his, I'm pretty sure it was his second to last victim or his last victim. Um, Conorak Synthethone. Yeah, Synthethone. I think, I'm sorry for butchering. Yeah, Yeah. I apologize for my pronunciation. Uh, but he was only 14, which when I read that, I, I got queasy. But um, before Jeffrey killed him, um, he had escaped. Jeffrey had, like, mutilated him by, like, drilling a hole in his skull and pouring, um, I forget what kind of acid in there. But essentially, he couldn't really communicate. Um, but Jeffrey came back home, and he was on the street naked. And um, the neighbors who had spotted him called the cops. The cops were there. And they were trying to talk to him. But Jeffrey, right place, right time, he's like, oh, yeah, this is my boyfriend. He's 19 years old. And then proceeded to killing this 14-year-old guy. Um, The police um, did try to make sure that he was, like, Jeffrey's lover. But because they were so homophobic at the time, they let that get in the way. Um, It's just another... another time that law enforcement has failed this community um it it shows that the police had more favor of a gay white man over a black woman and remember at this time like queer people weren't as you know that they weren't as accepted so the fact that they accepted a gay white man over just you know a black woman it's just that shows you know that shows and like even if like he was a 19-year-old gay man. He had to be so intoxicated, based on, like, Jeffrey's claim, that they should really take him to the hospital. I like, know. alcohol poisoning. I know. You know. But even then, the cops did not care. They just said, all right, have a good day. We're going to go wash off the game because yeah. they thought it was contagious. Jeez. So they were trying to get out of there as fast as possible, farther hurting this community yeah it's crazy they really failed them um and then another thing that we can bring up is how the families of the victims that jeffrey killed never approved of the netflix show that came out this year and they get nothing from it no nothing nothing i'm I'm sure that show like probably got so much money you know the director absolutely everything and it's disrespectful. Like, they didn't ask permission for any of the names to be mentioned, the photographs that were shown as, like, you know, proof of the killings. And it's... Oh. And this just, like, makes the family members relive, like, these horrific events over and over. And, yes, this Netflix show is not, like, the first time that this is happening. They have been going through this since their loved ones were discovered to be victims of Jeffrey Dahmer. Right. Even Jeffrey's own dad profited off the killings that Jeffrey did by writing a book, mentioning the victims, not getting consent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't know. I just think it's crazy. If I were ever in their situation and I had, like, a daughter or a younger sibling who was killed by someone and they're making shows off of it and they're using my name and they're using, 
you know, my family's name and I'm not getting anything from it. I mean, I wouldn't even want to get anything from it. But just the fact that they didn't even ask permission, that's just so horrible. And this is 2022. And and like the fact that they're not asking consent. consent from, you know, people of color, like minorities, these important communities, they're not even asking now. Like, like even geez. today, like white people are like benefiting mm-hmm. from these abuses that this community has gone through for way before Jeffrey and during Jeffrey's horrible um, crimes. Um, and these shows also like all they do at the end of the day is romanticize serial killers. Right. Uh, like, there's a difference between a documentary, but these TV shows do, like, romanticize these seri- serial killers, mm-hmm. which is super toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that these shows are just influencing future serial killers because oh they gosh. want attention. Yes. And Jeffrey's getting all this attention. Yes, he's not alive today, mm-hmm. but everyone knows Jeffrey Dahmer, and right. more people are going to know Jeffrey Dahmer's into specifics of what he did because of this show. Right. And that honestly really scares me. Like, I hope, like, this could, like, inspire future serial killers. This could could copycats, people who want attention, all the media attention, everything. And it's just kind of scary to see because, you know, some killers are made and this could be an influence for them. And going along with romanticizing serial killers, I agree. I feel like a lot of like, not necessarily documentaries, but like, um, re what's the word? Um, like making a series out of the show. Like there was one that they made with Ted Bundy and of course, Zac Efron, Zac Efron was Ted Bundy. Like, okay, he's, he's handsome, but like there goes like the romanticizing of it because he's attractive and same thing with Jeffrey Dahmer, who was played by Evan Peters, who's, you know, obviously he's a notorious, um, actor who's played many um, intense uh, characters, especially like an American horror story. Oh, yeah. um, but I mean, he's an attractive man playing a serial killer. So mm-hmm. that kind of feeds the romanticizing of serial killers. And it's like, well, he's attractive. So he's, he, yeah, he's fine, absolutely. you know? And like, I don't necessarily think that they're trying to do this on purpose. Right. But like, I do think that they were just like, oh, it's a big name to get it, like, popular. But at the end of the day, like, Jeffrey was no Evan Peters. No. You know, like... He was uh, not even close. Yeah. So the casting really influences... Because even, like, if you go on TikTok and you look up Jeffrey Dahmer, like oh I did gosh. for this project, do you know how many videos there were of, like... Thirst traps? Yeah, thirst traps of Evan Peters playing Jeffrey Dahmer like it's absolutely disgusting that is gross I know and even like not necessarily actors but like They're for example real. Ted Bundy like the real people there's like the I think it's like the Ramirez twins I for, I'm sorry mm-hmm. I don't know their last name but these two twins who killed their parents like these like men I mean who are pretty basic looking in my opinion <laughs> but they're you know they're girls or even just generally people just they they romanticize them and they're like oh well they're mysterious and they did that and they're not like, mysterious they're fucking killers <laughs> shit oh my gosh cut that out sorry 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 yeah they're not mysterious they're criminals they are abusers manipulators they shouldn't be getting extra praise no no and all you're doing with this is just hurting the families that all, had already tried to accept what they were given mm mm-hmm. mhm Um, absolutely i feel like a lot of social media trends is a big cause um for this like tiktok i don't have tiktok anymore but um some of my friends who uh have it were sending me like screen recordings of tiktoks i saw and it was really interesting because like people were like joking about some of the things he said like in the i think in the netflix series he says something like along the lines like I just want to take pictures or something like uh, something to do with pictures. He's like, yeah, I'm just taking pictures. But it was in the process of him wanting to take pictures of one of his victims, like 
before and after yeah. he, they were killed. And people were using that as a sound on TikTok, kind of as a joking thing. But this roots back to a, a killing, like someone dying. And I just don't think that's, I, maybe I'm being too sensitive with it, but I, I genuinely think it, like something like that so. isn't, you know, worthy of being joked about, you know? Yeah, and even we saw in Halloween still like oh people dressing up like Jeffrey Dahmer. Like imagine like the victims, like just trying to go and have like a fun Halloween. Maybe they have kids now, you know, and they see someone dressed up as the person who killed their brothers, their, their sisters, he didn't kill anyone, their brothers, their sons, their uncles, like all these people. And, you know, people like, making fun of how he talks and that kind of stuff because I've seen that a, a lot. Jeffrey, like, has a very distinct way of mm-hmm. talking. and Kind of monotoned. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people, <clears throat> like, try to mimic him, which... I don't, I don't, I don't think it's right. Yeah, it's not. And I had, I knew a few people that try to justify why they should dress up as Jeffrey Dahmer, but I was like, no, don't do that. And if you do, we're not being friends anymore. Like, don't, like, I don't know why you would, that would even enter your head, you know? No, yeah. Like, you don't see people dressing up as Hitler or, no, um, Bin Laden or like any of like these people who killed other people, but because they killed, because Jeff killed, like, specifically black men, I I think that people are more like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Right. You know? Like, That's, it is a big deal. Like, yeah. <laughs> but, like, if you think about it, like, that carries on to, to today. I mean, they they f- feel like he... C- <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say. Okay, cut that out. <laughs> Sorry. Um, that kind of shows that Fuck, I don't even know what I'm going to say. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I'm to talk about, like, him <clears throat> being in prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So um, with romanticizing serial killers, that, that can kind of apply to all serial killers. You've seen mm-hmm. it with a lot of them, um, which is really sad to see. Like, that's not something to really romanticize about yeah. i don't care if that makes you feel like some sort of special way and stuff like go like don't help. go get help okay that's not all right it's not normal. um so and one of our this might be our last point but we're going to talk a little bit about his time in prison and um specifically about his baptism yes so jeffrey you know he killed all these men did these horrible crimes he dismembered them he tore apart families left this whole community traumatized but then when he went to prison which you know he was supposed to be serving life i think he had like 900 years or something like that like yeah a long time um he got baptized and quote unquote saved Mm -hmm. by the christian religion what do you think about that i don't like that at all i grew up christian i'm no longer christian um, but just the thought that someone's just like, okay, yeah, he's forgiven. Um, he's going to heaven with all of us, with all the kids, with all the other black men, with like, like just forgiven like that. I don't think it's right. Um, he's still a horrible person. And if there is a hell and you believe in hell, I hope he's in hell. Mm -hmm. So for me, I grew up Catholic and I'm still Catholic. And we have this belief that you are saved by baptism. But to be honest, I don't know how to feel about that. Like, I don't want to come to terms of accepting it because of what he's done. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if God could grant any sort of mercy towards him because that's... Any serial killer, like, to be honest, but specifically with Jeffrey, like... Right. I I don't want to think about it because, like... I don't know how to feel about it. I really don't. And he was baptized on May 10th. And apparently after his baptism, he was working on being a Christian and being a better person. And I don't know how um, true all of that is because, I mean, we can't really say because he was in prison. We don't have a lot of that information out for us. But I don't know. I just thought that was really interesting because I talked to some people and they're like, oh, yeah, he's probably in heaven. Like. Yeah, I'm going to go to heaven and see Jeffrey Dahmer with a little halo. Okay. Yeah, he's an angel, you know. Um, I also, I was wondering, like, you know, he's being baptized Christian. Did that apply to him being gay as well? You know what? 
I don't know. I, I just thought of that. Like, did they forgive him for being gay? Like, did I they convince know. him that it was a choice or something? Yeah. Like, you know, and it's funny to, I don't know. You know, that doesn't, that isn't really like brought up about mm-hmm. a lot later on in his life, you know, um, which makes things kind of interesting because I honestly don't know. Because yeah. I know back then, like a lot of Christianity was still not accepting to gay people. So yeah. who knows? I don't know. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, well, jo- Jeffrey didn't get to experience a lot of prison life anyway because uh, one of his cellmates killed him. Um, a lot of people were accusing him of trying to steal spotlight from Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, the man that killed him was black. Um, I don't think he was searching for attention or anything. He just I wanted just, to kill I, him. Yeah, I think he was just disgusted with Jeffrey. And I'm sure he had heard Jeffrey about being uh, baptized, saved, that he was going to heaven, all his crimes were forgiven. And, and well, he was doing justice for all the families, you know, in yeah. a way. I mean, killing is never the, the solution yeah. to a problem, but... He was, and I'm pretty sure he was in jail for killing uh, someone. I think he was involved in like a robbery or something, but I don't know. I feel like he was justified with not justified, justified. Yeah, I'm just saying. I know that, what like, you mean. Yeah, I, I'm not justifying anyone killing anyone else. I'm just saying that this guy, I think, was looking for a different way to serve justice because. I don't think he felt like Jeffrey was going through justice, through right. the justice system right. in church. Right, right. In ch- church, prison. In <laughs> prison. In church. In, in church. <laughs> no, he was, that's, that's funny. In um, church, in prison. <laughs> um, and I was thinking about this. So apparently one of his um, cellmates killed him with a barbell, like a little mm-hmm. barbell. But it's funny because he killed his first victim with a barbell, too. So oh, how yeah. ironic is that? Oh, he wow. Got, I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I just thought about that. I was like, wait a second. Because, you know, I obviously had to look up how Stephen Hicks was killed. And it was with a bar with a weight. He yeah. was also killed with a weight. I was like, wow. Yeah. Karma. Karma. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. What else do you want to talk about? The last um, point I think we should bring up is how, um, back to his parents, so mm-hmm. almost like a full circle, Yeah. about how after Jeffrey died, um, his mom and dad got into an argument about where his brain should go. Yes, yes. And then, yeah, and then we can kind of, like, touch upon, like, yeah, so nurture nature kind of created him and which caused him to do all these things, affect minorities, and mm-hmm. now he's a romanticized serial killer. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can Okay, so after Jeffrey died, uh, his mom and dad had to um, decide what was going to happen with his body. Um, now, Jeffrey's mom, um, still alive at this point, um, she had seemed to have gotten her life a little bit more together. Um, you can kind of see that throughout the show. I didn't finish it. It was a little bit too much, but you can see how sh- she's going through life. Anyway, she wants... Jeffrey's brain to be donated to science. She wants scientists to analyze it and figure out why Jeffrey was the way like that he was. Jeffrey's dad, on the other hand, you know, blamed his mom. His mom's the reason he turned out how he was. He just wanted to, quote-unquote, move on, bury Jeffrey, move on with his life. I think it's kind of ironic that he said that and then went and published a book and mm-hmm. profited off Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. Um, just another example of how his parents, even in death, are fighting in front of him. Mm-hmm. It's it's really sad to see. It is. Um, and, yeah, I mean, this kind of shows how both of his parents were involved with the nurture aspect of creating a serial killer. And, of course, naturally, he might have um, have been, like, uh, what's the word? Disposed? No, not disposed, but what's, like, I guess he had some sort of illnesses that were genetically passed, probably, like, depression. Yeah, I wrote it down somewhere. It's okay. (laughs) So, like, you can, we can see how, like, naturally he's had maybe, um, you know, some sort of depression that has been passed to him just because both of his parents had it. Um, And I heard this thing that said that 
uh, one of the psychologists that did research over Jeffrey Dahmer, he said that um, nature loads the gun and nurture pulls the trigger. Mm. So there there goes a whole serial killer who and there's Jeffrey's life there's Jeffrey's life who you know was the reason why these minorities were affected and are still suffering and struggling today and why he was such a horrible person you know yeah. I think that does it yeah so I think that's pretty much it um like we said, it wasn't necessarily a biography or anything specific with the killings and the crimes he's committed. We're just kind of, we were just mainly um, targeting talking about some hidden aspects of Jeffrey's life and focusing on some things that probably should be more recognized. Yeah, in the media and these shows that are being portrayed about Jeffrey, um, maybe this will inspire someone out there to... Um, Give more attention to their kids. Get them the help they need. Mm -hmm. um, stop romanticizing serial killers. Right. If there's one thing that you remember about this podcast. Right. Stop right. romanticizing serial killers. Right. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all we have for today. Yeah. Um, thank you guys for joining in. And <laughs> we will see you. <laughs> oh, we will see <laughs> you. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> <laughs> It's like oh <laughs> okay. Um, thank you guys for uh, joining us today. Um, remember, I'm Natty Munoz. And I'm Bella. Uh, okay, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs>